Today, we cover the best match of the season so far between City and Liverpool, Chelsea and United's subpar performances, Brentford's last-minute winner, and Leicester's continued frustration. All that and more as we wrap up Match Week 7 and look ahead to the international break on this week's edition of the Premiership Perusal Podcast. Farewell, Steve Bruce edition. Manchester City are still alive here. Balotelli, Aguero! Back, Fuchs. And the ball in behind Damian Bunny! You are an ostrich. Well, your head must be in the sand. Is your head in the sand? Can you, are you flexible enough to get your head in the sand? Now the fans are shouting every week, Louis van Gaal's army! Louis van Gaal's army! Feet after a fabulous start, the game just got away from you there. I have nothing, nothing to say. Nothing to say about the game at all. Let's get right into the news. <laughs> Hank, how's it going? It's going well. Good, good. Upset, though. International break. Yes. It's a tough time. Time away from the Premier League. It's a tough time. We don't like that. It allows us... In these parts, we don't like that. ...to recoup, let us really absorb what has yeah, happened really seven reflect. weeks. Really reflect. Every, every night, I sit down for four hours journaling... What has happened so far in the Premier League? Thinking, okay, where do we stand? Where are we? We've had so much happen, but where do we stand? I don't know. <laughs> well, I'll tell you where we stand with this one. We got a clash among the Giants this year. This could have been to go top of the table if someone won. United, Everton. Rafa's men. little rotation out of Ole in this one. Yeah, uh, uh, a very um a healthy amount of it a very controversial uh yeah how dare you rotation take, piece how dare you take out cr7 we'll start it off De Gea, lindelof veron luke shaw juan basaka at the back midfield martial greenwood fred bruno Fernandes, scott mctominay and then cavani up front as far as everton goes pickford back four of Keane, digne mina godfrey Midfield, we got Allen, Townsend, Ducore, Anthony Gordon getting a start. Low shocker. Uh, Gray and your guy, Solomon Rondon, up front. You know, I'm happy that they decided to start Anthony Gordon. Not because I know anything about him or whether he's good or not, because he's not Alex Iwobi, and I've seen enough. <laughs> That's true. But yeah, uh, United forced into change uh, McGuire going out with a knock in the previous match and then some some midweek action for some players getting rotated you think an everton easy game at home how wrong ole <laughs> have you not been watching this is a trap match yeah dude he, he's setting it up right there i thought it was interesting going with the fred and mctominay pairing um as a little more deep lying playmakers yeah, no yeah exactly um and kind of just sure up that space in between the back line and the midfield. Uh, getting into this game, I thought United were just 
kind of just off. And I mean, part of it's the rotation. These guys aren't going to be as good, but in terms of their attacking prowess, it was not the same United. That's for sure. Yeah, it's it's so different when you have these players who are good players. You know, we'll not not call them bad yeah. players by any means, no. but they're not they're not that elite level kind of players. Um, you know, when you have Bruno and CR7 linking up, that's what you need to win the Premier League. I mean, you got Martial playing, he hasn't been all that great. Mm-hmm. Fred is not a he's, Premier League title no winner. Yeah. And we're not we're not saying that like Ole's stupid for doing this. I mean, eventually you have to rotate yeah. the squads and if you're going to play your main guys to make sure you get the win over Villarreal in the Champions League over, you know, playing them against Everton, then so be it. But Yeah. You know, there are consequences with it. Your team's just not going to look nearly as well. I thought they they kind of settled in this game as well on shots and stuff. It's yeah, I mean they did uh, for their goal that that we'll get to. They worked it very well and they made that extra pass. And Martial was right there, wide open for a strike. Hard for a guy even out of form to miss. Yeah, I think it was kind of a combination. You have Everton doing their usual shape of sitting back, staying organized, uh-huh. staying solid in the midfield. And that and just you might not have your best guys, man. You but Everton has their best guys in their back four. Yeah, no Europe for them. It's the Premier League. You got you got these guys coming in, brick wall. Uh huh. Um, but yeah, I think it's also a combination of United, like you said, being too content to take bad shots. I think someone who's guilty of this—I might have mentioned this last week—but Greenwood seems like he always loves a long-range effort. Which yeah. I I think his downfall is that he's a good shooter, so he thinks he can score more often than he can yeah it's a mix of that it's decision making for me with him is because there's times where he'll even just take the shot when if he just makes the pass you have an easy goal he's done that once or twice this year and in the past as well but uh moving on from united a little bit more towards everton in terms of i thought they as they've been all year the organization especially in midfield and the defensive four has been solid they take away everything centrally. If you're going to beat them, it's going to have to be wide, and it's going to come down to a lot of individual skill beating these guys like Godfrey and Coleman. But, yeah, you know, that's not an easy task even when you're isolated against those guys. Yeah, and going forward, we saw them actually getting some chances. They were winning some free kicks in the final third. It's kind of the same story as... Uh, United versus Newcastle. Newcastle was finding some opportunities on mm-hmm. the ball going forward, countering, because that midfield is just... No bueno. It's no bueno, and the team is still unbalanced in terms of being too attack-heavy that you're not able to defend against the counterattacks, mm-hmm. uh, especially when you're missing Harry Maguire. Yeah. You know, it's... One of your best central defenders anyways who can... Yeah kind of he'll not only is he just a great defender but like his knowledge of when and where to foul and we'll get to on Everton's goal they there's so many times where they could foul people to stop something it's like sure you get a yellow but they don't do it enough and they let the guy escape and they continue with the giving up the counterattack so mm-hmm. so it's kind of just a big struggle for United in terms of attack and defending I mean defending relatively but 
you know. Um, and back to the struggles at attack, Cavani didn't look very good this game. Yeah, he had that big chance in the first half. Pretty close. Saved by uh, Pickford just kind of right at him. Yeah, it's um, hard for you to watch. Cavani, your guy, always has been. <laughs> Only when he wears the Uruguay very tight-fitting Puma. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Then uh, on the other end, Damari Gray testing David De Gea, um, just kind of showing that the threat is there. But United um, get the scoring open through a pass from Bruno to Martial. Um yeah, it's just a well-worked goal. Well-worked, like you said, yeah. It's just a matter of, you know, there is a time where passing too much and not shooting, not shooting enough is an issue for teams. In this case, it's the opposite for United. It's just make a couple more passes. You're, you have players that are so individually talented, and I, yeah. I just feel like their individual skill is going to be enough to yeah, too break often down they, some of these defenses. They don't take enough risks and actually try and get passes in the final third they're they're content to just kind of pass around the midfield Mm -hmm. or even back to the defenders but when you have a lineup like the one you have normally that's attack heavy you really got to be making that an emphasis you can't be yeah just passing around the midfield you have to be getting getting shots on target absolutely so it goes in one nil at half and then they bring on a couple of the main guys, Sancho and Ronaldo. I honestly thought, and it's not saying much because he's played bad so far, but Sancho looked tolerable, I guess, in this game. Not a 90 million pound player, but he at least like did some stuff once in a while. Mm-hmm. The dribbling still wasn't very good, but at least like the passing and stuff, he was doing some things, which I guess is a start. But yeah. What, what did you think of Ronaldo and Sancho? I was just more surprised about the decision to bring them on being up 1-0. I would have preferred one or the other. Yeah. But I think both of them, you just become like even more unbalanced. One-dimensional, yeah. You're kind of going for the one thing. And then, uh, you know, with Everton's goal, it comes off, I believe it was the United corner, if I'm not mistaken. And they got kind of cleared out. Mm-hmm. But then there's three United guys around one Everton player, and they can't, they don't close him down enough. And it's like one of those guys should just foul him if you're really that much, um, of a th- if he's that much of a threat. Yeah. Especially since no one is on like three quarters of the pitch from like the remaining rest of the field is wide open in the midfield and the entire wing. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just a great team move there. Super fast off the off the break there. Yeah, and props to Everton too for it. It was great link up play and stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh Demari did Ducore, a little run and yep, then the perfect time to, to lay it off. Yeah, that, that run from Decore just kind of weaving through the United defense. Mm-hmm. Laid it off perfectly to Townsend, like you said. So Everton draws at level. Um they do get another goal, but Yuri Mina is offside. Yeah. He celebrates, he dances <laughs> like like the absolute fool that he is, yeah. and then it's ruled off, and you love to see it. <laughs> well, come on now, we're, we're pro-Everton, remember? But really, the, the big thing in that play was that Tom Davies had a wide-open chance yeah. to shoot, and he decided to pass it. Yeah, I I mean, I 
Davies, he doesn't get enough run to really say this, at least in the Premier League, but I don't rate him really, and I mean, that's kind of harsh just for that chance, but... <laughs> Especially when you're not playing that much, he probably doesn't have the most confidence right now to take on that shot. Yeah. So... But still. Yeah. Shoot! Ends up 1-1. Rafa's men get another huge result, and they're level on points, actually. Yeah. And they sit in second place. I think United are a little fortunate here because they could have, you know, if with the lineup they had and the fact that they didn't come out as sharp as, you know, we've seen them in the past uh, this season, I think there was a chance for this kind of swinging even more towards Everton if Everton take their chances. Which would, that's not even like out of the realm of possibility. There were chances to be taken. Everton just only took one. Yeah, that that's possible. Um, I I think it was. I think it was a fair it result. It was a fair result, but yeah, but, it could have gone in Everton's favor for sure. Mm-hmm. Just kind of disappointing here. Again, you see the weakness of United. They don't really look like they have that punch. Is there any to win way the they bring in someone in midfield for like as a six or uh, pretty much? Yeah, I guess a six in the winter window. I really doubt it because whoever they're going to bring in is going to be a big money move probably. I mean, if it's not, then it probably is not. I feel like if it's even a decent player, it might be enough of a needle mover for them, whether it be the UCL or the Premier League. It's just tough to get guys who are good in January because their teams don't want to be left without a replacement. But we'll see. Maybe Brighton... Oh man! Wants to offload a certain player. We'll talk about. When we <laughs> I don't know if they match. can. That guy might potentially never play. He might be in jail. Um, <laughs> but yeah, speaking of bangers, let's go on to this next match, the match of the week. I've deemed it right now. That's right. Burnley How about the stinker of the week? Can we get the stinker of the week? Just this is one of those games that you see on the calendar, and you're like, okay, I am not missing that one. <laughs> That's a six-pointer. You know, they announced attendance at about like 17,000. I think if it was at the Bernabeu, it would have sold out. I think that's fair to say. Yeah, of course. I mean, the Spaniards love uh, El Canaries. (laughs) Los Los, Canaries. Los Burnley. El Canaries. Los Burnley. (laughs) El Burnley versus Los Canaries. (laughs) It's about on par with the NBA when they do their Spanish Pretty much. El Heat. El Heat, Los Suns. Los Suns looks good. Los Suns. Los Kings. Stuff like that. But yeah, good one. Going on to this game. Burnley, pretty typical lineup here, minus uh, no me. I think, was he suspended or hurt? I think he was hurt. He got hurt, yeah. yeah. Uh, Pope, Lowton, Taylor, Tarkovsky, Collins, Brownhill, McNeil, Lennon, Westwood, Wood, and Vidra. Yep, no Cornier. Out through injury mm-hmm. sustained in the last match. As far as Norwich go, we're looking at Tim Kroll, Max Aarons, Ben Gibson, Grant Hanley, Kabak, Janulis, Norman, Lis Malou, Kenny McLean, Tame Puki, and Mr. Sargent. No uh, Brandon Williams. Not no. too shocking to see in that one. He hasn't been very Performing good. very well. Yeah, the, the Lonies actually... Him and Billy Gilmore not off to great starts with Norwich. No. Always a tough one to come into. Tough situation. Yeah, it's never going to be easy at Norwich to 
get on there. But mm-hmm. So starting this one off, Norwich, get a couple early chances. Um, not able to convert on them. Yeah, they weren't even like that great of chances. They were good for Norwich's standards, yeah. which is very low. Yeah. As in like we got the ball somewhere towards the goal. I was surprised... Because normally what I do when I make my team of the week is I just put down like 15 to 20 guys who I thought played pretty well, and then I iron it out. And then I go to Twitter and like Reddit and all a bunch of other things, different forums to see who who people thought were team of the week. And there were too many guys for, who put Norwich down. As a, like a couple players, it was like Norman and even Grant Hanley, which I guess, you know, he made a player too. I didn't. I don't know. I just never felt like Burnley was going to score on this, but yeah. and Kroll as keeper of the week, it's like, mm. so yeah, I, I don't thought, know. I thought, I thought Norwich was, was decent. I would say he was probably the man of the match. I guess, for me, but <laughs> no one nothing was too amazing. There was a pinch out early on. Uh, he came came out for the punch, just got the ball, and then <laughs> smacked Vidra. Yeah, Vidra right in the head. That was kind of the highlight of this match. Yeah, you know, with this one, it's just sloppy. From Burnley, yeah, obviously, when it comes to passing, lack of quality, and Norwich still with their build-up play, it's it's gotten better in terms of the back third, and then sometimes the midfield third's a little shaky, but the attacking third is like disastrous ninety percent of the time. You know what's funny about this? Say this was like a championship match, it'd probably be a banger because both teams would actually go for it. Go for it, and I feel like both teams here they're like scared to lose. Yeah against you know someone else who might be relegated as well but goes into halftime nil nil in the second half great shot from my guy dwight mcneil just mm-hmm. a beautiful swerving effort but uh saved by timmy cruel yeah i thought of the guys that stood out for me for burnley um taylor had a pretty good game i thought uh Brownhill did some things attacking wise that you know it, above average for him and then uh Definitely McNeil, I'd say, were the main three guys that really stood out. And I know that Wood can't really do a ton if unless he gets service, but I feel like he's got to get going here somewhat. Yeah. He's got to do a little they, something. they got to start scoring goals uh, from someone. Yeah. Uh, they had a great chance right at the end of the game. Matthew Lowton with the header off the corner just goes high. And that's that final whistle blows nil nil. Who could have yeah, seen it? How did I, we not guess that? Well, I it guess was the one nil Burnley. I thought they would get a cheeky little header off a corner or something. But yeah, I mean, it was Norwich for like I guess you could say barely the first half, like fifty five forty five Norwich, and the second half it's like the complete opposite. It's like barely in favor of Burnley. So a draw is fair. I mean, there's not a ton going forward. They just both teams have to simply start putting the ball in the net and capitalizing on their attacking chances. They're just not, I know that the quality's not always there, but someone has to make something happen, whether it's the midfield or attack. Yeah. Uh, well said. They need to score. Burnley really needs Cornier, I think. Yeah. Not too surprising. But moving on to the next game. Maybe a little surprise here, though. Chelsea versus Southampton. Surprising. We'll get to it. In the Timo Werner breakout game. Oh, my goodness. He almost made the team of the week. Uh, Chelsea, we got Mendy, Rudiger, Silva, Chalaba getting rotated in there. Kovacic, Loftus-Cheek, rotated back in. Ben Chilwell back in. The ultimate Chelsea depth piece right there. 
Cesar Aspeliqueta, Lukaku, Werner, and Sam's guy, Hudson Adoy. It, it really, this game does show Chelsea's depth uh, when you can bring some of these guys in. But um, Fulham's finest, Ruben Loftus Cheek, oh, who man. I thought wasn't even good enough for oh, Fulham last man. season. He's Somehow he's starting there. for Chelsea. It's, it's because he gave 110%. Remember before the year, Tommy Tuck, he said, hey, I need to see the 110% out of Loftus Cheek. And you know what he does? He goes and almost breaks Thomas Partey's ankle for no reason in a friendly. Yes. Southampton, McCarthy, Walker Peters. Levermento, Salisu, Bednarak, Romeu, Ward Prowse, Tella getting in there, Theo Walcott, Adam Armstrong, and Nathan Redman. Yeah, a little bit different lineup there from Southampton. Tella and Walcott bringing in. They um, love to rotate their whole back line. Yeah. This one, they mix and match this constantly. They've kind of been rocking this one for a bit. A couple of couple weeks here it's, with the walker beaters and Levermento and then salisu and bednarak in the middle um yeah i think they're just kind of trying to figure out anything anything especially although their defense wise. isn't yeah that's the main thing they yeah. gotta figure out is the attack is and they don't have a ton of options really as far as attack i think they need to figure out the midfield mainly in terms of yeah. someone who can link the defense to attack yeah i think they focus too much on their attackers like trying to have a 4-4-2 for me just drop an extra guy in the midfield Mm -hmm. um just let armstrong be a lone striker but anyway speaking of strikers starting this one off timo werner oh yeah gets the early chance you're thinking oh my gosh this guy he's the world's best striker alex mccarthy had some nice moments this game in terms of his saves Uh, i I was thinking that too i was like (laughs) This might have been one of his best games. This is the Alex McCarthy redemption arc. Yeah, and then it was. He actually not played pretty be... well last last week too. I think. Yeah, maybe it's all coming around for him. Yeah, he's like thirty two. He must be listening to the podcast. He heard that we laugh at the Southampton keeper perus- or uh, carousel. Yeah. Um, the first goal from Chalba off the corner. We talked about last week with that Brentford goal, and how hard it is. For defenders to react when there's just a slight touch or a slight flick on. Yeah. That was an amazing flick on from your guy Loftus Cheek. Chalaba <laughs> back post, wide open. Not the easiest of headers, but I mean when you have a whole half a net to aim at, it makes it a little easier. Yeah, I'm chalking that one up to luck for Ruben Loftus. Oh absolutely. <laughs> there's no there's no way he meant that one. Uh yeah, Southampton were getting some possession and Chelsea was kind of Hitting on the counterattack, which was a little surprising. Yeah, Chelsea was kind of playing a little faster um, in terms of they might let Southampton have the ball, but then they were looking to push, not just Mm -hmm. push and kind of go back to set up a little bit and then kind of get in their regular positional play rotation. But, no, they were kind of going for it early with this lineup, and I wonder if, you know, maybe it's just a play style that Tuchel wants to experiment with. Or if he's like, oh, maybe this might be a little, this is kind of what we're going to go with now. Yeah, I think the thing is about this one is, you know Southampton are very weak in the midfield, so it's going to be super easy to hit on the counter. There's just going to be no resistance. I would dare you say that to Oreo Romeo's face. So so many times (laughs) during this game, it's like, okay, well, there's one pass and Chelsea are on the break. Yeah. There's, like, no resistance in the midfield. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, Chilwell, Chilwell getting a chance. McCarthy, another nice save. Lukaku scores. 
offside. Ruled offside. I don't know how many goals in this game are going to get ruled for offside. About but four or five. It's too many. And even this one, Rudiger just running through the midfield. That's when you know Southampton, your midfield is garbage. <laughs> Tony Rudiger. He's... Rudiger's out here looking like Messi. Yeah, big game Tony out here is really looking to score. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Another chance for Chelsea as uh, hudson Adoy saves the ball from going out crosses finds timo werner rising up like a german salmon heads it in it's offside ruled offside that man no has the most. actually it was ruled or no the foul, the foul in the build-up yeah what are your thoughts on that call we can break it into two here one was it a foul and two was it too far back most of the time the with these, a lot of times, it, I always feel like it's a little too far back, and in this case, I think it is. As far as the foul, you'd hate to say it, but eh. I'll go no. No, it's not a foul? I'll go no. Yeah, no foul. No foul. And then we're going to go. And it was too early. Yeah, or well, too far back. Yeah. I agree 100%. That, there was like so little contact. It was honestly embarrassing that they looked at it for as long as they did. And, yeah, and then they and it, shit it just, up as Just always. a terrible call. Yeah. Just an absolutely terrible call. One, they shouldn't be going that far back. Because if, it never, if, if you go that far back, you might as well replay the whole freaking game and yeah, find that's, one foul that's, before a goal. Yeah, I'm. it's always the case whenever they go back for it. Unless it's like, it should be within like five to maybe 10 seconds probably not even 10 seconds like five seconds of the goal being scored yeah i agree that's about it that's about it for me yeah and the second the the matter of whether it was a foul or not the whole emphasis this season on penalties was that they were going to get rid of players looking for penalties you Mm -hmm. know creating that contact trying to win penalties if you put this foul in a penalty box the other way yeah, it's they not, laugh at it. Yeah, it's not called. They laugh at it, so there is no reason this should be called a foul. Just ridiculous. Poor refereeing. The Premier League, the referees are just farcical. Let's be honest. It, it's pretty trash so far. But anyways, one nil at half somehow should nil. be more. Yeah, Chelsea feel a little hard done. They come out. Chelsea kind of in control, kind of dominating uh, early on not really creating chances that much but they have possession and it's resulting in you know like long shots and you know stuff like that but then it comes down southampton low quick break did someone say jolly vermento oh my gosh tino tino is tino tino Livermento. little little dangle in the box past chillwell bad foul by chillwell he even mm-hmm. knows right away he's like yeah i can't deny that yeah. one that just goes to show how good Levermento can be on the ball. He's so dynamic for Yeah, him. he's like one of their best attacking players. I think he's number three. <laughs> he's a fullback. I think he's three. I think it's Armstrong. I think it's Che Adams, and then I think it's Levermento. I mean, he's better attacking than any other midfielders. Yeah, for sure. Um, Ward Prowse steps up, hits it, and Beautiful Ward Prowse has to be thinking, this is my game right now. It's gonna. It, nothing can go wrong. As we go on, Chelsea do what Chelsea do in terms of building up the pressure when they feel they have to absolutely win. They're not going to let it go. 
big save again from McCarthy. Yeah, Timo Werner, you're really feeling bad for this guy. Seems like he can never score. <laughs> no. And it seems like this always happens to him. Like, yes. Oh, man. Yeah, big chance there. And then kind of the moment of the match, you would say, James ward Browse kind of pressing and going in for... Just a dumb foul. A, Why is a he... dumb... Jorginho has his back to the midfield and his face towards his own net. Chelsea have had enough possession to where Southampton really aren't going to win the ball. So your pressing is not going to do a whole lot since you and I think there's one other Southampton player even in the vicinity of like where the ball was at within the 20 yards. And and Ward Prowse comes sliding in. You know it's raining. You're going to be going further. And he goes studs up. For a ball he's never going to get to. Yeah, in a circumstance that even if you win the ball, what does that do? Yeah. There's four Chelsea guys around you. Mm-hmm. Yep. Dumb, dumb decision. Ruins it for his team. Gets sent off. Yep, gets sent off after VAR review. Initially, a yellow card. What are your thoughts? Was it a red card? I would say only because the studs were up. And remember how we talked about, I forget what game it was, but that foul where it's like, where it's like, oh, is it a yellow or red? And it's like, mm. just for the decision-making alone, it should be a red because yeah, you, exactly. you deserve just, this. <laughs> just the principle of the fact this. that you came flying into a ball that you're never going to get yeah, with and your you studs up. completely make contact. Yeah. It's a red. I have no problem with a, a red. If you are if you were like isolating it and looking, okay, ignore the context of the situation and you yeah. look at the contact alone, I would say like it's kind of borderline in between. Yeah, you could go either way, but... That's how it goes. And then Chelsea bring on their secret weapon, Ross Barkley. Is it any coincidence they go on to score two more? This is Tom, Tommy Tuchel absolutely taking he's, the piss this match. Yeah, Ruben Loftus-Cheek, <laughs> Ross Barkley. He's like, remember Hassan Hoodle when we managed in the Bundesliga? He's like, I'm just going to... Now you're managing a club that doesn't spend money, and I do. So here's all my backups that cost 50 mil right on your head. Um, But... As the game goes on, Chelsea eventually, the swing of balls in, that's not really doing much, but their wide play is where it was really kind of exposing Southampton. Eventually, Dave gets up the wing, swings it in. Werner right there for the tap and Could have easily went to Lukaku, too, I'm pretty sure. You're missing the, the key part of this play was the Ross Barkley absolute dime right to onto Dave's foot, like inch-perfect centimeter centimeter perfect for all you non-freedom lovers out there just centimeter perfect onto <laughs> his foot dave just he doesn't even have to do anything he just keeps moving and it just happens vicariously through ross barkley over to timo Werner, and you're thinking okay now i know what has to happen for timo Werner to get a goal it's ross barkley absolutely <laughs> leave quality. him in leave him in and at that point it's over. over, but Chelsea still piling on the pressure. Might as well. Southampton have 10 men. One of the more strange sequences, probably the strangest sequence of the Premier League season. Yes. Uh, ball swung in. I guess not really swung in, but it was a pass to Lukaku. He gets the shot, goes off the post mm-hmm. right to Dave, who fires it off the crossbar from like the six-yard box, Yep. out to Chilwell. It's just bouncing out there. And he just takes it on the half just volley, upper it. 90, perfect shot. 
And Alex McCarthy almost made this. He, no, he saved it. Well, he it, saved it, but, but it was he in was the too net. far back. Yeah, which I was. I was very surprised. It looked like he saved it, but I thought that too when I was watching it live. <laughs> I couldn't believe. It. I was like, "How did he just save that?" He's absolutely nuts, like scrambling all over the place. Yeah, very strange one. But Chelsea three one. It, it was a little nervy for a second when it went one one, but. You know, they got the three points. They were able to rotate their players, so a successful game. Yeah, I still wasn't super impressed with the performance from Chelsea. I felt they could have been better, especially yeah. since. Okay, with Ruben Loftus-Cheek and Ross Barkley, you expect more? <laughs> yes, I do. And not to mention, they could have been up 2-0 after halftime. Yeah, yeah, that makes it sound a little less bad, but, yeah, you know, they were just still wasn't super impressed with them. Yeah, Could have been better. Um, as far as Southampton go, a little hard done. Their defense, I thought their defense looked pretty solid that game. Yeah, it's just their midfield is so tragic. Yeah. So it's a real issue. Yeah. They're going to have to bring in someone, whether it's on loan or something. Maybe they bring in Loftus-Cheek on loan in the winter window. And that's... Or Ross. The, the funny thing is, people were talking about James Ward-Prowse. Oh, can't believe they didn't pick him for the Euros. Oh, James Ward-Prowse, Aston Villa. 50 million pounds. He's he's worth 50 million pounds to Southampton. <laughs> this guy is the most bang They're, average midfielder. Uh, you're calling him fraud. That there is. He fraud is Ward Prowse. <laughs> or fraud Prowse. Just because he, he takes nice free kicks. People see the highlight reel. They're like, oh my God, what a beautiful free kick. Wow, he's amazing. Then you watch him during the game and he's invisible. Go in. He, he is, to call him average... Even feels oh. disingenuous. Oh, he my. is a below average <laughs> midfield player if you take away the set pieces. Give it to him. And I think he costs his team more than what he gains. Especially he hasn't gained anything this season other than a pen. So you're thinking they should have sold him for twenty five mil? I would just yeah, say I think that would be more I don't know fair. how they would have invested in in that time if they sold him. Because it was right before the window closed. I don't know who they would have brought in. Well, it can't be much worse. <laughs> well, where's where's Mick Armstrong? Where's he at? I don't know. I thought he was coming back. There's no way he's delayed this much by injury. Haas, get it going, Haas. No, we need Armstrong squared, even though he's not going to help the defensive side. But Well, that's okay. Their defense isn't like terrible, terrible. It's just not good. If they, Their attack is terrible, terrible. If they, if they don't get it to Adam Armstrong. If they Armstrong. swapped out like Nathan Redman. Or Stuart Armstrong in the midfield. That'd be a lot better balanced team. Could Nathan Redmond play for a mid-table championship side? It should be. Can he play for a League One side? The dude's trash. He's so bad. He doesn't do anything. He's... He doesn't do anything in attack. doesn't do anything in midfield. He's living off his past... His five goals he had at Norwich one year? Yeah. Congratulations. Moving... That's too much Moving time on Southampton. Yeah. We're just getting upset. Leeds... Watford. Leeds Watford. This was a stinker of a game, I'll be quite frank. Yeah. I thought it would be better. Uh, Only because well, I don't trust either's defense. So for it to end up the way it did, it was disappointing. But then on the other side of the coin, you have both teams kind of struggling in attack. Watford's been scoring a little bit, but we'll, we'll, get, we'll get to it. Scoring one goal against Newcastle? and you They scored three against Norwich. 
That's four in two games. Okay, those count as like quarter goal. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, Burnley had negative goals then this week. Uh, Moving on, we got to get the leads. Melier, Firpo, Cooper, Llorente, Shackleton, another start. Like to see it. He looked pretty good last week. Rafinha, Dallas, Dan James, Calvin Phillips, Mateus Glick, Rodrigo in there. As far as Watford are concerned. Oh. (laughs) What? I don't know who that guy is. This is some, Nor- Leo, this is some Norwegian. Right, <laughs> uh, he had a funny name. Watford <laughs> have Ben Foster, Danny Rose, Trustat Kong, Kiko Feminia, Saralta, Tufan, Sissoko, Sar, Dennis, Kuchka, King. Before we start, we were talking about how Nate Redmond is like absolutely cooked and shouldn't be in the Premier League. Yes. Should. And I'm not talking League Two as in the English. I'm talking the second, like, French division. Should Suzoko be in that league? Yes. That guy is so ass. Yeah, he's That guy sucks. He's He's so bad. He's bad. Uh, Danny Rose is bad. Danny Rose is at least better than Suzoko. He's had, like, a moment or two where it's like, okay. Ben Foster hanging on by a string. He's He's not even the problem. He's he's somehow, like, they're... Second or third best guy in this lineup. Ozan Tufan, the first Turkish player to play for Watford. Getting into the game. (laughs) (laughs) What a stat. Yeah, just a little fun trivia. Leeds get their first chance of the game after a bad ball out of the back from Watford. I'm going to stop you right there. You can tell from, I think, three minutes in if Watford have zero chance of winning. We saw it against Brighton. Yes. We saw it again. It was against another team. They played two, where they just looked god awful. Wolves, maybe. Yeah, wolves. I think it was wolves. Yeah, we'll go with that. And then this game, it's like you can tell right away they have zero chance. They can't even complete a pass. It's like Norwich trying to play on the back, but Watford does it, and it's even worse. Yeah, it was bad. It was bad. Uh, so Dallas forces uh, Ben Foster. Ben Foster into the save. Early on, less Leeds just really. I didn't even feel like Leeds were like pressing as hard as they normally have. No, but it was effective. Yeah, I'd say Furpo is having a really good game. This is probably his best game. He has done nada so yeah. far, but maybe even so again negative. Yeah, so again, like some of these guys. When I say it's their best game, it's not saying much, but it's at least a start. So for Furpo, maybe he can build off this. He looked good in defense. He was passing the ball around a little bit. He looked all right. Um, Leeds open up the scoring through Urente after Watford. Another just it's, it's poor one of those, clearances. It's one of those things where Leeds deserved to win this game, and they deserved a goal at this point. It's just weird that it's this chance that was the goal because it didn't really seem like a great chance or clear-cut chance. It just kind of fell there. Yeah, it was just kind of... A- yeah. A little bit of a scramble. Ended up at off, his feet. Off a corner. Yeah. So it goes into halftime, 1-0. You definitely say that Leeds look in the better side. Mm-hmm. A big blow to Watford as Josh King goes off just before halftime, injured. Yeah, that leg issue. Sinks their chances of getting a goal. I mean, they weren't looking likely to score, but yeah. he at least looked Even in the lively. second half, Watford just looked so bad it's yeah. it's really what it is is specifically is their passing their passing is just really bad mm-hmm. from midfield at times i thought mm. 
Kuchka was okay because his defense this game was actually pretty good. He was at least on guys for leads, pressuring them and stuff. But that was like the one okay part of their midfield. The rest of it was just terrible this game. Yeah, so Leeds in control, although not really getting the most clear-cut chances, something they've kind of struggled with this season, mm-hmm. kind of getting that offense kick-started. Yeah, it's, and you know what it is, it really is, their main guy this game, it felt like was Rodrigo. He was kind of actually getting involved in stuff, but it mm-hmm. wasn't very good, and I think that's part because Rodrigo's not the best. Yeah. But... And he's not really like a lone striker kind of player. No, at least not in the Premier League. Mm-hmm. That's not that's not where he's gonna yeah. excel. So, yep. So Leeds get the three points. Nice for them to pull out a win. Maybe build some momentum off this. But then on the other side of the coin, Watford doing their Chisco, no. the the favorite Watford tradition of firing your manager four times during the season. So he's the first casualty. In comes Premier League legend Claudio, Claudio Renieri. Formerly at Sampdoria. Dilly, dilly, ding, dong, whatever. <laughs> that. Dilly, ding, dilly, dong. Dilly, ding, dilly, dong. Watford are winning the league next season. You heard it. Yep. Yeah, I'd say a little surprising. I always feel like a lot of the Watford firings are, I mean, it's not surprising that they fire the guy, but it's like, it's like really, now? It doesn't even make sense. They have a tough run coming up, too. They probably do it right before international break, let Ranieri kind of, you know, get his shtick going with the guys. So uh, so do you think this was unjustified? I think Chisco's been fine as as well as he can with this squad, wouldn't you say? I mean, he's got some wins. He know. scored a few goals. I feel like it's, been it's less right. I feel like it's less the play style and more the caliber of players, wouldn't you say? Because I don't, I obviously there's components of their play style which aren't good, but it's not clearly the issue. Yeah, I mean they can be good on offense. We've seen that, but overall, I think he's just tactically not there. Well, yeah, he's he's clearly a more of a motivator manager than a yeah tactician. And I think he was kind of doomed to fail from the get go. Especially being at Watford. I mean, you bring in this guy who's got no Premier League experience. He, he won the, like... Georgian the League. The Georgian League. I don't know. He he must be paying someone to get the Watford job, even in the championship. No, I think it's Watford probably. Like, I think we can get this guy for free. He'll live at the training ground. <laughs> they're, they're probably just running out of guys to hire. They're looking in the Georgian League. Yeah, so... But, I don't know. What do you think about Ranieri coming in for this side? Yeah, a lot of people are talking about the... The Fulham stint, I just say, you know, wipe that clean. That it's Fulham. They were terrible. I forgot that happened. Yes, everyone did. You should because he's. I just remember him. He did pretty well for Sampdoria last year. Um, yeah, he's kind of got them going. I think they finished like eighth. I mean, they were looking pretty good compared to what they had past years, and we can see he can work his magic in the Premier League before. Yeah, there's definitely some good guys that I think. That they just need kind of that right motivation, like Saar and Dennis and Josh King, if he's not hurt for too long. Maybe throw in Tom Cleverly. Yeah, maybe Clubs with Ranieri will be able to do something too in terms of yeah. linking the defense to attack, or the defense midfield to attack. I think, though, just bringing in that guy, he's a known name. He's at least, you would think, he's stable well with a little upside. 
well-respected. And I think if you look at the other possible candidates, he's got to be pretty high on the list. Yeah, I think it's class, like, because they have, you know, like the S class, A class, stuff like that. I'd say Ranieri's an A. Yeah. S is Big Sam. It's a big capital S for Big Sam. And then I don't know where other guys fall. Pardue's B tier. Can Pardue come in? I'd put Pardue (laughs) at C tier. Oh, then what's Gary Monk? He's D tier. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, no, I'm fine with the higher. It's whatever. Anyone who can keep Watford up, that's their main objective anyway. So whatever it takes, I guess. Question for you. Will he last the rest of the season? Zero chance. Zero chance. Okay. Um, Wolves, Newcastle Wolves, next. Wolves, Newcastle. This one was, this was a, a pretty decent game. It wasn't yeah. great, but it was... I feel like any time Newcastle play, you know, it's probably going to be entertaining. My eyes weren't hurt watching this game. Uh Jose Sa, Connor Cody, Killerman, Saiz, Marcel, Nevis, Semedo, Montino, Jimenez, Trincao, and Chan for Wolves. They kind of really just have a solid 11 for him. Bruno Lage knows what guys he wants in there right now. Yeah, I like that they're going away from the over-reliance on Adama Traore. I think he's got to be the most overrated player in the league. He's all flash and no substance, whereas... Well, he overtook it because Deli Alley got so bad that everyone actually gave up on him. That's true. That's um, true. I think Huang Hee Chan, though, he is He's some a flash natural goal scorer, too, and he's got and the And a pace. lot of substance. Yeah. Just what you need. You don't have an over-reliance thing. Not to like, mention, I feel like Troy would serve best just in general as a sub. Maybe not. Maybe he should be at a bigger club but he literally is just a substitute that you throw on there. And if you need to close out games, you just send it up too many dribbles around and does this thing. But I mean, I don't, I don't know. I mean, it, cause at the end of last year, we were talking about how bad it was with over-reliance on Troy. And I think this year, Lodge hasn't been over-reliant on him. He's just been featuring him quite a bit in terms of, you know, it's not all going through him, but he is a part of the attack and we're going to need him to step up. He's been creating chances, just no goals. So you might as well. Well, yeah, it seems like Bruno Lage is looking more at the team aspect. He wants everyone to contribute, whereas last season it was all Adama Traore. And I think just taking that kind of guy out of the team allows other people to maybe step up a little more, and it's it's more balanced. Yep. So I like that move. Uh, to Newcastle, your guy Carl Darlow, Kieran Clark, Matt Ritchie for... Federico Fernandez, Javier Minquillo, Joel Linton, Isaac Hayden, Paraguay's Finest, Joe Willick, Sean Longstaff, and ASM. I like how you just said Paraguay's Finest and didn't even say... No, oh, you know, it doesn't need to be said. There's only one guy in all of Paraguay. Truly. Truly is. This game just like went... there's one, only one guy in Brazil and his name's Joel Linton. Yeah, you might as well say Brazil's finest at mm-hmm. that point. But then they might think you're talking about Fred, and then it's like, was well, it Man use Fred? Is it the other Fred? Brazil's a little more, you know, dicey. Um, I thought that this game, I think you made a good point uh, with this note about how it, it's a little standard for Newcastle. They kind of, that first, like, 10 minutes, they kind of allow for a little randomness to occur. They're more open. Mm-hmm. Um, just in case something happens, they're a little more pressed, a little more, you know, kind of going for it, and then they just sit back. This game, after that happened, kind of went chalk. 
it was Wolves are going to be mid as far as when they're in their own half and then as far as going up the pitch, it's going to be get it out wide and then, uh, you know, try and work trying to work it to the front three. I thought that when they were central, though, in the attack was when they were looking really good. I thought Jimenez had an amazing game. Yeah, I, I think they kind of were going on a bigger focus centrally in this one and trying to get Jimenez into this one, mm-hmm. whereas in the previous games it's been all wing play. Yeah. This one it was more like, okay, we'll... We'll go there, we'll but go we there, want to really look for Jimenez in the middle. But... What we want, we want to find Jimenez maybe even dropping back, linking up the play, and starting off 1-0. Jimenez slides the ball perfectly to Huang Hee-Chen, slots it at home. This guy can finish just yeah. with excellent precision, makes it look easy. Wolves get the goal, get the lead. It's a good start for them. Yeah, absolutely. And a lot of it comes with that link-up play from Jimenez. Plays a perfect through ball, and Chan, with that speed, he's going to first pass any Newcastle defender and mm-hmm. beats Darlow to the spot. Darlow kind of gave up like half the net somehow from that angle. It wasn't the best keeping, but good shot from Chan. Um, and then it just kind of feels like Wolves are in control, but like you're saying here, just not, not the highest of quality in terms of chances. Mm-hmm. I thought Newcastle kind of held their form pretty decent. Uh, yeah, that's kind of been their their downside is that they struggle to really create those clear-cut chances sometimes despite having the ball. But a big miss for Newcastle as Joe Willock goes off injured, replaced by Ireland's finest, Jeff Hendrick. I should have worn the jersey. You should have, really. But because. the only issue is that you said Joe Willock goes off and then Hendrick replaces him. He made it sound like it's bad. But here it comes, Jeff Hendrick. Jeff Hendrick, yeah, 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 no, 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 no. It's good. It's good. It's it's bad. It's, <laughs> it's bad, bad for Willick. Newcastle because they spent a lot of money on Joe Willick and then he's injured. But it's good for us. The the we've always been Jeff Hendrick. The Jeff guys. Hendrick fan club yeah, population Bur- too. Burnley, Burnley's was a, finest. Yeah, yeah. When Burnley had him and Robbie Brady, is it any coincidence they were pretty much at their best when that those two clicking? Yeah. I mean, Brady kind of just ended up getting hurt too much and kind of fell out of form enough. But uh, anyways, back to this game. Kind of a strange goal because there's that little collision and there's no foul yeah. given. I mm-hmm. wouldn't say that there should have been a foul. I would say it was clean. I agree. And the ball just kind of works its way to Hendrick. Hendrick has a shot right off, skims the post and in. Yeah, he was able to capitalize on the fact that Jose Saul was not in position. Probably would have been saved otherwise, but... Yeah, he gets the goal, a big substitute appearance. He's been a guy who's kind of fallen, you know, at Burnley he would start, but then he kind of started making substitute appearances, got brought into Newcastle last season. Where was started, he before Burnley? Derby? That sound right? Uh, and it was a champion, like a top kind of championship team at the time. Yeah, I can't remember exactly if it was Derby or... Not Wednesday. I don't think he was at Wednesday. Um, but anyways, gets yeah. the goal. Oh, nice I, little shot. I, I was saying about Jeff Hendrick. Yeah, he, he came into Newcastle last season, started some games, but then he kind of fell out of favor. I don't think he necessarily suits Newcastle as much as he suited 
Burnley. Burnley. Because he's not like that good of a passer, but he does have some skills in the attacking third. Yeah, he definitely so, could provide. He, Him he, and John Joe Shelby are very similar in a way. John Joe can ping it a little further than Hendrick, and Hendrick could probably be a little more consistent in terms of defense. But they're they're quite similar. Uh one one and a half. Okay. Wolves may be feeling a little hard done by it because New Chan- Newcastle didn't really create many chances. Yes. And then out of half, Jose saw big save. Big save. St. Maximin not able to score. Yeah, you hate to see that from St. Maximin. I mean, he does so much hard work in mm-hmm. the ball. It's almost like sometimes you'll see him and he works to get there and he just literally has nothing left in the mm-hmm. tank when it comes to the shot sometimes. Yeah. Yeah, he just needs someone else to work with. He's just like constantly out of breath because he's sprinting the whole time he has the ball. <laughs> Two uh, one, Wolves get their second goal. Oh man, through, that turn that turn by Jimenez through Huang He Chan. Great job by Jimenez. Like you said, great turn. I think we are getting back to Jimenez looking better, but looking a different better. Jimenez, yeah, a different an adapted Jimenez. Jimenez. Yes. Jimenez 2.0. Yeah, he's come back stronger. Yes. So, uh, you know, Wolves switching it up, switching up their play, switching up their tactics, switching yeah. up their lineup. And this this game, it worked. I mean, it was only Newcastle, but yeah. it's a result's a result. It's a result. And they and had one last week, too, against Southampton, where they've just looked a little better, these games. Um, didn't they? They won. Oh, they they was, played Brentford the week before. Never mind. Yeah, the Brentford. Uh, now I had to think. Point. Now I had to think. I know Brentford won, but yeah, no, I I feel like Wolves. Some people might say that they looked better earlier in the year, just the the results weren't there. But I, I feel like there's all flash little, and no substance. Yeah, this I is feel a lot like more balance between flash and substance. Exactly. Um, Word of the week: balanced. By the end, way, end of the game two one. Anything for Newcastle going forward? We just got news of the big takeover. You're saying Steve Bruce yeah. is out? I saw, actually, his next game is going to be his 999th. <laughs> so in two games, it's 1,000, but he's afraid he won't make it to 1,000. It's actually kind of <laughs> sad. Like he, I know. It's like Someone he's going to die or something. Well, Watford will give him a chance later in the year. <laughs> yeah, let's just, I don't know how much you have to say about it, but. My thoughts are that it's just a bit ridiculous when you... Great for the game. (laughs) When you look at the Premier League and they say they do some sort of background check into whether they're fit to be an owner. Yeah. You know, but obviously it's not the first time that shady dealings... The only argument against it is, was Mike Ashley a fit owner? Yeah, no, absolutely not. But I mean, still. But at least he wasn't like murdering... Yeah. journalists and chopping them up and then they said like yeah, cool. yes we guarantee that um the saudi arabia government won't be controlling this even though it's like the saudi public fund i'm pretty which sure is, this same backer is trying to buy inter milan too okay and and this, this that has nothing to do with anything this, i just thought <laughs> this public this public fund is run by the guy who's like the head honcho guy who's the crazy guy and has journalists killed and you can't say anything in that country or even out of it you might get chopped up we might be getting chopped up 
Well, hopefully the the ten people that watch this I'll be from Saudi Arabia. I'll be in my Newcastle polo, and they'll know. True, true. The, uh, I wore it today just for them. It'll be interesting though, because they said that this this conglomerate of ownership they're like 300 billion pounds net net yeah. wealth as opposed to like man city their owners like 30 billion <laughs> so it's like crazy when yeah. you think on that scale i mean you think a city they spend billions of pounds on players we'll see is it gonna be newcastle I'm- i don't know i've seen i've seen this too and then it just flops and then the team's on the brink of ba- uh br- I can't speak bankruptcy, mm-hmm. so it it could go either way. I wouldn't rule it out. Plus, it's Newcastle; they're always bad luck, kind of. Yeah, as a club, there are some things that they've put into place since Chelsea and Man City. Um, there's limits on how much you can increase your wage structure, your your total wages from one year to the next. Yeah, we'll see about that. And then there's like a three year, a hundred million pound loss limit or something. Again, we'll see so, about all this stuff because. But yeah, we've seen they bend the rules for these people. Exactly, so. they'll be like, "Okay, you violated this, and now here's, here's your what you got to do. Here's you got to pay a fine." Yeah, here's your. Punishment. Oh no! Little slap <laughs> on the wrist. Fifteen million pounds—that's like less than a penny for yeah. these. So, yeah, good for Newcastle potentially. Bad for some of us fans. Yeah, um, you know, just one final thought is. <laughs> if if I was running a, a ownership group, the team who I would want to buy is Newcastle. They have a great fan base. They're historic. Sure, club. they're a big club. Um, or can yeah. be. So n- not surprising that they could potentially be a massive club in the future. Speaking of massive clubs, you're scrolling too far in your notes. Whoops. Brighton, the massive club. Sorry, versus did Arsenal. I skip over this one? <laughs> this one. Uh, We'll get the lineups going here, but I don't know. The, coming into this game, I per, I predicted a nil-niller wow, on this genius. one. I know, right? Well, you know coming into this one where you see the the pre-match and it's like downpour rain. Yeah. Anytime you have that, it's like, okay, probably not going to be that many goals. I just figured, you know, you got two great goalies in here. No way they're letting one in. True. Bobby Sanchez, Lewis Dunk, Shane Duffy, Dan Byrne, Cucurella. Gross, Lalana, Motor getting in there this week. Feltman, Maupai, Trossard, as well as for Arsenal. It's Ramsdale, Tierney, Ben White, Gabriel, Tomiyasu, Parte, Saka, Marty, ESR, Mr. Lakanga, and Pierre Emmerich Aubameyang. And Marty. <laughs> Marty that, Udegard. Yeah, we call him Marty, where I'm from. We're the head of the Marty fan club. Yeah, so like I said, tough conditions. It's raining very yep. hard. <laughs> um, but, yeah, getting into this one, Brighton doing a good job again, working it through the wide areas. Cucurella. Cucurella was I mean, this guy's insane. He, that guy's he, crazy. <laughs> I hate to say it, but he was absolutely toasting Tomiyasu on And like, that's not taking light. Tomiyasu's the good these yeah. few games. Arsenal's like, player of the Cuc- month. Yeah, Cucurella is just out here taking names yeah he's insane like i don't know how other teams weren't in on him because I, he's been so good and he fits perfectly into what brighton do with their three five two he's like a perfect wing back i feel yeah no i completely agree he'll probably be at chelsea in a year and a half um perhaps 
Lewis Dunk into Ramsdale dropping the ball. Looked there, like there could have been a... There's something about Brighton. Every time we play Brighton, <laughs> they try to injure our goalkeeper. They're, they're going right at you. Brighton Brighton has issues with Arsenal. This one was like an absolute clatter. Like, <laughs> oh my God. Lewis Dunk's a big dude. Ramsdale might have gotten whiplash from that. Yeah. Yeah, I would say my main takeaway from this is like any chance Arsenal had, it's because they're playing fast. They're struggling to get in the game, like you're saying, but it's they're right in it anytime they're playing quick. Mm-hmm. And I'm not just talking about quick when they are holding possession and in tight spaces. I'm talking about stretching the field, putting pressure on the defense of the other team because you're sprinting past them. Yeah, they don't for, do it for, enough. For some reason, they just weren't doing it enough. Well, I they loved know. to do it to Tottenham last week, and they now did. this week they they, they were Arteta's probably surprised like, no. by no, 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 slightly more midfield resistance. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. That is that also doesn't help. Then they're like, "Oh my God, Dan Burn, he's so tall." <laughs> they're like, "And he's faster than any one of us." <laughs> um, Chosard had a few shots this game. My guy didn't really take advantage of them. He had a few that were just not. Very good. Mm-hmm. I thought that could have done better with them, but uh, yeah, uh, Brighton had some good chances kind of in the 20th onwards to before halftime. They had a few good chances where they could have scored, like you said, Trossard. Nice move from Lalana. Another one, Dan Byrne, wide open header, and he got it like nowhere near the goal. So going into halftime, nil nil, you'd probably say that Brighton were the better team for sure and they could have even scored one maybe two goals yeah i think they were you could say a little hard done but they didn't really take their chances and that's kind of what brighton was the last couple years Mm -hmm. um they really just aren't taking their chances and it's just a matter of you know they got to get the guys in the right position to score but they don't they've not really been doing that um, going into second half, Smith Rowe had a chance. Yeah, great chance on the break. Just, oh, not a very good shot. No, that's kind of his downfall is that he's his not finishing a great isn't the best, but I mean, he makes up with with the playmaking, and then you know, kind of just more of the same from Arsenal. Just not quick. When Brighton's outpacing you, they're not. I wouldn't say slow, but they're not super fast. It's like I don't know what. Yeah, <laughs> we we had to show something uh, to each other right there real quick. Huge save from Ramsdale, though, right in front of Maupai. He almost punished you. Yeah. You called it, and then he didn't. It was a great save by Ramsdale, though, just to, like, fly out in front of Neil Maupai. Just absolutely vital again. Coming up big. I mean, yeah, Rams, he's, he's looked good. He's, he's been so he's good. He's he proven, he's one of the top five guys in terms of has proven me wrong. Yeah, absolutely. He um, hasn't put a foot wrong. No, so ends up nil-nil. Good point you for Arsenal, make, I would say. Yeah, you could make a case bright and should have scored. I just don't think their chances were fantastic. Maybe it's more because they just didn't take them. I'm kind of disregarding them a little bit, but yeah. Yeah, if you were going to pick a winner, though, it would have been Brighton. Oh, for sure. So, Arsenal. And, you know, people are talking about Arsenal. Like, oh, it's, this is terrible. Like, you know, stepping backwards. But 
going to a team like Brighton, who's played well this year on the road, and getting at least a point is not a bad result. Yeah, and being you were the second best team and you still got a point. And it was raining really hard. Yeah, that probably helped Arsenal slightly. If Kept anything. a clean sheet. Yes. So, moving on into Sunday's matches, this one. Oh we've got yeah, Crystal Palace. I'm versus Leicester. I'm really, really feeling vindicated. Are you feeling vindicated today, right now? This is like the strangest match. Like, <laughs> it's really not. It's, it really was. Well, the, the way it played out was strange. Um. Palace, Goita, Ward, Mitchell, Goehi, Anderson, Milivojevic, James MacArthur, Gallagher, Ayu, Zaha, and Edward. I thought, just before we get into Leicester, I thought MacArthur had a pretty good game this game. He's been looking pretty decent this year. Yeah. Schmeichel, Suyuncu, Bertrand, Vestigard, Castagna, Barnes, Tielemans. We got the we got the Afro guy. Chowdhury. Chowdhury. In the chowder, Chowdhury. The, the Lookman, the Vardy, and this is why I'm feeling vindicated. Ian Acho. Finally. Raj, where was he? Although, the, the funny thing about this, they decide to start a Ianacho and Vardy up front. Mm-hmm. The match that they are missing, Wilfred and Didi, like yeah. their main defensive midfielder. Yep. That's just what a little confusing. You know. What are you going to do? You're Brendan Rodgers. You're making no sense this year. Um, I thought that this game was really even the first, like, 25 minutes, 30 minutes. Even It really didn't change yeah. until the chance, until the first the goal, actually, I thought. Yeah, it, it, it was pretty even. Both teams kind of going down, getting their shots off. Palace forcing Schmeichel into a couple of saves. Could have scored there. Lester, the midfield... Looking not too great for me. Chowdhury looked a little inexperienced. Yeah, the he ball. had he had moments where he looked all right, but then there were definitely moments where he showed nerves. Yeah, I thought Lester. I mean, there were times where they're kind of going a little long, a little too fast, and I was like, ah, I I don't know how I feel about that. I I want to see a little more build up play rather than just all right. Well, we'll hoof it up just in case, but. Yeah, and it kind of turned towards Palace's favor. They were getting more of the ball. And then Mr. Anderson with quite the mistake. Yeah, completely against the run of play. Anderson just too lackadaisical. Yeah. Gets the ball taken off of him by a Hianacho. Easy, easy goal. One-on-one. On one, yeah. Puts it past quite to not much he could do. 1-0. And then right before the stroke of half, Vardy doubles it. It was honestly a nice little little play yeah it was really nice it's just shocking the way the game was going palace looked so good mm-hmm. and then they find themselves down two nil yeah so two nil at half and you're like oh well it's pretty balanced but you know lester good for lester in terms of they're taking advantage mm-hmm. this is what they need to do they might not deserve it but they got to get some results here it and, was kind of the opposite of their previous games where they look like the better team but can't score yeah and then this one they're they're the worst team and then somehow score two goals Two note half, they come right out. Edward ringing that one right off the crossbar. It was a good shot. Joink. Feels feels bad. Feels Edward, man. Um, but Palace, they pull one back. 
Yeah, they they bring on Olise. He's looked good since he's the Reading. come back from injury. He's, he's looked like an absolute bargain. I mean, they paid like nothing Seven mil. for him. I see him being at a, at a top club shortly. Eventually, yeah. Um, he's, he's pretty young, but he just is so composed on the ball. Just a great a little fortunate bounce to fall for him, but still yep. a good good finish regardless. Yep. Good good finish on the volley. And then they get their second one, two two. Schlup cleans up the loose ball. Jeffrey Schlup, Lester Lester revenge game for him. Yes. <laughs> uh with this one I noticed I mean I always notice Gallagher, but he's just so quick in and around the box for midfield. And his instincts are so just so good next season chelsea i was gonna bring this up to you do you there's four options it's either if you're chelsea a play him as a rotational guy b loan him to palace c loan him to a slightly bigger club where he'll still get playing time maybe like a everton or something or d do you just think it's a mirage and you sell him for like 40 35 mil this summer it depends. I, I would imagine that Palace would probably put in a good offer after this season is over. I feel like the move, if you're Chelsea, is to loan him to a slightly bigger club. I would say loan him to Palace again. Okay. Because I mean, he's, he's worked so there. well. Yeah, he's looked great there. And if he goes to a bigger club, it might kind of hamper not, it. Yeah, it might ruin his uh, his market value. True, true. So Because, I don't know. For some reason, I just don't see him fitting into Chelsea's team. Because yeah. Chelsea, they like to play a lot with, like, I could see Jorginho him. and Kovacic. I was going to say, I could see him kind of as, like, a Kovacic kind of role or, like, a backup. But then it's like, well, who I are you going to play? I think he's too offensive. That's fair. Like, I, I think Chelsea's midfield with him would just be too exposed because... Yeah, it's just... It's kind of the same situation that ZX in with Chelsea where it's like mm-hmm. his playtime's limited because the positioning isn't really a fit at all times. Yeah. As far as this game's concerned, Leicester, you feel you feel like you didn't deserve a 2-0 win, but for you to not take advantage and to not hold up defensively... Yeah. Very disappointing. Brutal! Brutal. What yeah. are you doing, Leicester? Absolutely brutal. Just... It just keeps and it's getting not, worse. And it's not even like they broke him down in terms of wide plays. It was just right in the middle of the box. Mm-hmm. Vestigard, where are you? Yeah, their defense is where, so where's bad. Where's Soyuncu? It's so bad. It's not on Schmeichel to save all of these. It's it's tough, but you know what? Iannaccio scored and had a nice little play, so I feel vindicated. Next game, Tottenham Villa. Sam guaranteed a 3-0 Villa victory. Villa, you let me down. I'm so disappointed. <laughs> uh, Tottenham, we're looking at Lloris, Regulon, Romero, Royale, Dyer, Hoiberg, Son, Mora, and Dombele. Your guys skip. You call for him to come back in. Look, yep. at they get a win when they put him back in. Harry Kane also in there. Um, as far as Villa's concerned, it's going to be Emmy Martinez, Consa, Mings, House, Cash, Target, Luis, McGinn. Ramsey, Watkins, and Ings. Yeah, had to be Ollie Skip in there. Surprised that Ndombele. You, you also figured it would be Ndombele out, Skip in, 
and then Deli Alley would stay in. Instead, yeah. they go and Dombele and skip. Hot garbage. And, yeah. So I guess it doesn't matter. Yeah. It's but hard it had to, to imagine. Be, you can't, had to be changed. Can't scrap together someone who's better than Indabale. Well, they did. His name's Oliver Skip. They pulled him out of nothing. <laughs> we need two Oliver they, Skips. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, Harry Winks, anybody? <laughs> oh wait, he's not even as good as he's on Oliver the Skip national team duty. Um, the Tottenham actually looked pretty good in this game. I was surprised when I was watching this how far back they had Sun come. They used to have Kane do it, and Kane still has to do it, but they've really been having Son do it too lately in terms of how back he has to come to kind of link up between the midfield and attack. I thought also Hoiberg was kind of playing on a more advanced role too. Yeah. I don't know if you noticed that or agree with that. but A little bit, yeah. And, I mean, that's part of having Skip in there to just Mm -hmm. kind of be the last line of between midfield and defense on that level of the field. but. Yeah, I I think he looked better. He he looks better when he's not playing as like solely a defensive midfielder. If mm-hmm. you let him be a little more box to box, I think he's more suited for that. Even though he's not the most athletic, but he does have some some decent passing capabilities. Yeah. So the main event in this one early on, Kane taking the free free kick quickly, almost catches Emmy Martinez out. Kind of a strange play. Yeah, very strange. Emmy Martinez like <laughs> fell over. He like had it saved easily, but he was like tipping over. Yeah. It was just strange. Um what are your thoughts on Kane so far this year? He looks like he can't be bothered, honestly. Like he looks so disinterested. Yeah. I don't know what to make of it. Cause I I don't think his value can go down because you know what Harry Kane is. But at the same time, like he's not helping Tottenham whatsoever. I think it can go down. <laughs> You think it? What do you think the lowest would be if he keeps playing like this? You think he gets old for like seventy five, eighty? I would say eighty. Yeah, I mean he's getting older too. Twenty eight. We searched this up before. I think it's <laughs> he's twenty eight and twenty eight or twenty nine. Yeah, that's how it works. Yep. Um, the first goal, nice little link up play in the midfield. Um, Son kind of got it going as the catalyst and then it falls Hoiberg right on the edge of the box what a shot yeah just a little kind of pass it into the Mm -hmm. net very nice very smooth I I mean we were never Hoiberg guys he kind of changed my opinion of him this year at the Euros yeah and now he's playing a little more like Danish Euro uh, Hoiberg out here yeah so kind of looks better definitely better than he looked at Southampton ever definitely better than he looked last year at Mm -hmm. Tottenham when it's Hoiberg as the sole defensive midfield, like trying to make tackles, that's not going to be good. It's bad. It's yeah. very bad because he's not a six. But when he's able to kind of link up with some some of the offensive players, then he can be decent. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, but Villa kind of was putting it on. Yeah, Villa kind of amped up the pressure, and that's that's what we expect from Tottenham. They kind of sit back, you know. Yeah, it was more surprising to me that it took this long for Villa to kind of get going in the match. Mm-hmm. They just didn't look. They didn't look like they had the same energy as they have in the past couple of weeks. Yeah, it it. I mean, you can only put together so many good performances against Chelsea, United, and then even though Tottenham are struggling this year, it's still Tottenham. I mean, they still have elite a couple elite players, so it's going to be hard to get it going for three weeks in a row like that. So one note half for Tottenham. Uh, Villa come out. They're still playing just as they were to end the half. They're kind of 
I would say they were the more threatening side. Yep. And then it kind of shifts back a little bit. Kind of a little more even game, maybe a little towards Tottenham. Yeah, a little surprising. I mean, I guess Tottenham do like to break, and Villa like to play pretty fast, so... Not, it's a matter of catching out the opponent. Yeah, not too crazy that it got a bit open, but Ollie Watkins gets the equalizer. Nice run to the near post. Great ball in from Matty Target. But then, quick response, Tottenham. Son rolls it across right to Mora. Just a quick play from Tottenham on that one. Really yeah. kind of caught Villa <clears throat> out and uh, Mora wide open. Could I don't think it was going in the Sun pass slash shot so it's a good thing more was there for it but uh yeah it was it was some pretty rough defending from house though yeah villa like i said i think you might have to chalk this one up to you played chelsea tough even though they lost three nil you just beat united at united those are two massive performances to put together there's going to be a bit of a let off so Yep, finishes 2-1. Good bounce back win for Tottenham against a good Villa side. Yeah. I mean, I, you lose that game and things can get going downhill pretty you, fast. You'll take three out of those three if you're uh, Villa, that's for sure. Yeah. Could have been significantly worse. As far as Tottenham, nice bounce back. you got to get Kane going, though. This is unbelievable. Mm-hmm. West Ham, Brentford, fantastic game. As per usual. This I think was my personal just favorite game of the week besides the Liverpool City one. It was just a great one. Fabianski, Cresswell, Zuma, Shufal, Ogbana, Fornals, Bowen, Benrama, Sushek, Rice, Antonio. Should I read the West Ham lineup from now on? It's it's the we same know, thing. We know, it, we know what it is. Uh, Brentford, Raya, Pinnock, Janssen, Zanka. Yeah, getting in when there. They, when I saw this guy, I was like, who's this? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. <laughs> who's this guy? Getting in there for injured Ayer. Um, Onyeka, Rico Henry, Nogard, um, Canos, Baptiste, back after the suspension. After the <laughs> yeah. Tony and Buemo, as you know, up front for Brentford. Who else would be up there? Yep, so forced into a little bit of rotation with Zanka and uh, Frank Onyeka coming back into the team. Mm-hmm. Starting off. And Buemo oh. hitting the crossbar off the corner right off the bat. He's playing so good this game. Yeah, he he looks like he's got confidence. I thought he was just like going to be a guy who kind of went along with Tony for the ride and would get you like maybe six or seven goals, if mm-hmm. that. He's he's actually just a good standalone player by himself. Yeah, he is. He is very good. I mean, it says something too. Um, last season, Ivan Tony got all those assists as well. They had to go to someone. Yep. The thing I noticed right away in this game, I just knew instant. I was guaranteeing to myself. I'm like, there's going to be a corner goal in this. The set piece defending was so... It's either the defending was so bad or the attacking was just superb. It was probably a mix of both. Yeah. But it there was always chances off corners and free kicks. It was incredible. Yeah, I feel like Brentford have a good emphasis on set pieces. I mean, mm-hmm. they do the long throws as well. Yes. So that's something they seem to have worked on quite a bit. Um, a lot of times they have a nice flick on at the near post or something like that. Yeah. Um, yeah, so another early chance for Mbomo. Uh 
chance for chance Tony for too. Tony. He had a couple. Yeah, Brentford really look like they're up for this match. And then West Ham kind of get their feet into the match, playing more direct, kind of the usual West Ham, mm-hmm. kind of push it up. Yeah, go down quick. the wings. Yeah, I thought Ben Rama had a pretty decent game. He had a bunch of shots. They yeah. weren't the always the game. best, but he had a couple good ones. Or I made some big saves in this game. But then one nil and Buemo. Yeah, finally they score rebound off the Canos shot. Almost an amazing save from Fabianski. I mean, he's been playing insane as of late. Yeah. Just a lot of really quality goalkeeping in the Premier League. Yeah, I mean, it's it's hard to find. Because who, who would you say are like the bottom three keepers right now even? You bring up like the table and we're going to run down. Real I would quick. say take a break. Jose Saw is probably... Here, just no. Go on the scores on the side there, and we'll be able to just um saw. Yeah, you'd probably saw say saw McCarthy, Ben Maybe Foster Melier. slash Bachman. I'd say those two are better than Melier. Kroll. It might have to be Kroll. Kroll's a decent shot stopper. I I think, yeah. There's think a bunch. Me, there's I, a bunch that you can throw in towards that bottom it get it gets mixed in i would say a lot of times with these guys Guaita, he's a good shot stopper but he hasn't looked that great this year it's a lot of these guys that they kind of get mixed in but it's they're actually pretty good a lot of times it's the defense that's letting them down i feel like some of these teams but anyways back to bradford back to game yes so it's one nil kind of look like brentford had a little something before half i thought they look like they could maybe string something together. Nothing goes in. One nil, Brentford. Um, and then coming out of half, West Ham a little stronger for most of the second half, I yep. would say. Yep. Brentford not really sitting back, but they just really couldn't get it out because West Ham was dominating them. Yeah, it's kind of the same West Ham we've been seeing this season where they really take it to the other team. They get their equalizing goal. Jared Bowen, first game, first goal in 16 games. Mm-hmm. Off the corner, kind of bounces to him, a little mm-hmm. work it around, and a great shot yep. at near post. Near post, lower corner. But then... But then, the man, the myth, the legend. <laughs> Brentford had a chance kind of towards the end of the game on a set piece. Didn't score, but it was mm-hmm. a close chance. This time, they get the virtually the same thing. Yeah. And they take advantage of it. The absolute legend that Huisa! is Johan Huisa, the, the man who wins games. West Ham with the 90th minute winner against Leeds, and then Brentford's like, oh yeah, what if someone did that to you right in your face? <laughs> How would you at feel? home? <laughs> Huisa, just an absolute mad lad. The uh, second game winner, or I guess that that, was a good, it, it was, was an equalizer yeah, against, against Liverpool. Liverpool. But yeah, the, the second goal so in two games. 2-1 Brentford. 2-1 Brentford, huge, huge win. That's I feel this is like my vindication moment because we were saying like Brentford is going to be solid. Brentford, yeah. And everyone's like, no, nah, they're getting relegated. They're going to finish last. And we're like, no, they're good. Guess we what? knew be West Ham. if we could have put our, if there was some bet as to who would finish highest of the te- newly promoted teams, I think me and you would have put all our money in all of our bank accounts on the line on Brentford yeah. and had 100% confidence. Yeah. I mean, they have a system. 
they have solid players. Yeah. I I just like what they do. Just not to mention their play styles attractive to watch. It makes no sense why people were putting so much stock into Norwich when we've seen what Norwich is. <laughs> they go up, they go down, you know. Yeah. I didn't even feel like Brentford was boomer bust. We kind of knew. Yeah. All right, that's enough tooting our horn. Going forward doot, doot. for West Ham, kind of unfortunate. You could have made the case they could have won this if they took their chances a little yeah. better. But uh, I would say so. You know, Can't West win Ham's them all. still good. Yeah, exactly, exactly. The big one, here it is. Liverpool, Man City. You've been waiting all episode for it. Oh, I was waiting for uh, Brentford, West Ham. I mean, I was too. So I'm leaving. Yep, heading out. See ya. Allison, Van Dyke, Milner, Robertson, Matip, Fabinho, Henderson, Curtis Jones, Mane, Salah, Jota. As far as City go, we're looking at Aderson, Walker, Diesch, Laporte, Cancelo, Rodri, De Bruyne, Bernardo Silva, Jesus, Grealish, Foden. It was weird starting off this game because Grealish, normally it's Foden that's like the false nine, kind of ten, just the guy who's central pretty much, the most central for this attacker forward yeah it was Grealish to start mm-hmm. that was weird. it made no sense to just me. pep that's things. i was gonna say literally just pep things like what why would you do that and then like 10 minutes in they're like okay Grealish and foden swap it's like yeah why did you even bother <laughs> what a waste yeah i don't know it's kind of weird how you fit Grealish and foden into the same team i think foden for me just goes to the bench yeah I don't know. I don't Sometimes rate Foden he, as high as other as most people. Would, people. I know. I don't necessarily only because there's times where he doesn't take his chances. Well, and guess what? He's not a striker, so he's not going to. Mm-hmm. But in this system, you're probably going to have to take your chances at an above average rate. I feel like sometimes he lets some of the easier ones go right at the keep, and it's like, hey, yeah. But you know, he gets his goal this game, so good for him. Um, this game, City. It looked like last week was a little bit of a mirage only because yeah. they were going against Chelsea and Pep had to have them up for that one. Mm-hmm. This game. They look so bad. Especially, I'm going to say it, Kevin De Bruyne yeah. early on was not on, to say the least. He was spraying the ball to nobody. <laughs> he was spraying the ball to the fans. Yeah, the the Liverpool high press was just working so well against Man City, Man City, every possession, they were just giving away possession so easily. Just passed straight to the Liverpool players. Yeah. Ridiculous how bad it was. With that said, Liverpool weren't super strong in the first half on the ball, I didn't think. They didn't really impress me all that much. I thought City's defense kind of held up for what they had to do against Liverpool. What Liverpool this game... It's honestly impressive they got two because they were so one-dimensional. They had to go on the right. It's like you have Alexander-Arnold and Robertson. Well, if one of them's out, they're just going to feature that guy way more than whoever the backup is. Pretty uh, predictable. Especially since Salah's on Robertson's side too. It's like, okay, you probably just want to overload that side and then, you know. But um, Yeah, there was a point in the first half where City were like, okay, we're done being bad. And then the Liverpool press was just not working against them anymore and they were actually getting the ball in the final third yeah yeah they had chances in the first half i think a lot of people would just point to the second half and be like whoa you know but th- they had chances you want to talk about the foden that was so <laughs> I, I i don't like phil foden 
Yeah, well, James Milner, the pride of Yorkshire. He's not he's not going I mean he's not letting him go down that he, easy. He was having a rough game, James Milner. He definitely was. And like <laughs> I don't blame him because he should be off like playing for Leeds or something in his farewell tour. I still think he can play for Liverpool. It's just you got not play him against Man City. You gotta yeah. be playing him against like mid table or Yeah. Or even if you're in Europe, it's gonna be like your group stage games against not very good teams. But yeah, I mean he was struggling a bit with the with the pressure down nil, the nil left hand. At so. half. Would you say I would just say it's balanced? I guess like a slight edge to City, fifty-one forty-nine. I would say edge to City based off the trend of where it was going. Of you, where it was going, it kind of felt like one of those you could see City just getting a nil-nil, and it's like, oh, why did I watch? Because City was looking so bad, and the Liverpool press was working really good. If they would have been able to keep that up, would have been different, but. It looked like City were like, okay, we figured this out. We know what we need to do. And then at that point, it seemed like Liverpool, like you said, they're one-dimensional, and they kind of ran out of ideas on how to stop Man City. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. So, no, no. They come out. Liverpool pretty early on. 1-0 to Salah Mane. He's through behind. Yeah, great run from Salah. Just Kind of that trademark solo run past all the defenders. And then Mane there to put it in, no one on him. Not a good game for Laporte. No. He was looking very rough. I thought uh, he... Rodri was also looking Yeah, after rough. his good game. The the real player for City, and we'll get to it a little later on, I would say, but uh, Bernardo Silva was mm-hmm. killing it. They come back 1-1. Your guy, Phil Foden. It, it was really... In the build-up play, De Bruyne with the nice little fake to kind of make some guys shift, gets it to Jesus, but then it's all Jesus with the run. Yeah. Heck of a run, draws the guys in, lays it off Foden, boom. Right like. wing, Gabby Jesus. He's too good. He's too strong. <laughs> He's insane, like how, how much different he is. on, on When the, you don't ask him to finish and mm-hmm. you just ask him to dribble. Yep, dribble and cross. And the, then the big moment of this match, the controversial moment, James Milner, already on a yellow card. Don't ask me. Avoids a second yellow card. Don't ask me. After a very cynical foul. Don't ask me. Hank, I don't yeah. want to ask you, but I got to yeah, ask you. It, yeah, it is, yeah. Yeah, it's what clear as it? day. What about it? <laughs> Water's Literally, wet, the sky's blue. It? Yep, okay. The referees are awful. Um, <clears throat> 2-1 for Sala. Just an amazing run up the wing. A little cut. You forgot to mention that Pep is absolutely fuming. <laughs> Yeah, well, you know. And then, then there's the iconic gif of Mike Dean standing there as yes. he's the fourth official smacking his gum. Like, yeah. Yeah, Mike, we'll buy a pit. Mike, we'll buy it. Mike Dean don't care. We'll buy a pit. <laughs> Mike Dean. You have to be kidding me. How is that not a second yellow card? <laughs> Mike Dean, what are you doing? And then Mike Dean talks like Curtis Jackson. <laughs> what about a player? What about a player? <laughs> No, man. Hey, second yellow playboy. <laughs> uh, Mo Salah. This episode's one. really going in some weird directions. <laughs> Mo Salah. Really good goal. Yeah. People were calling it, I don't know. People acted like it was like a worldie or something. I was like, no. That's just because Liverpool, people get really, really hyped for Liverpool. Yeah, Cancelo, pretty, pretty rough defending on mm-hmm. that one. Good shot, but still. And then Man City goes down. And De Bruyne with just a rip. 
mm-hmm. from outside of the box. Gets the or deflection. Or edge of the box, I guess. But yeah, still just too much on it. Yep. It was a nice little uh, fast break from Man City in that one. And then towards the end, Adairson. That was great. Yeah, just the, that was the big old whiff. And then Fabinho <laughs> finds himself oh wide open on the back gosh. post. And then all of a sudden, who, who Rodri. Was, who was supposed to be there? Because it was, was it Diaz or Laporte? Someone, I guess Adairson missed the punch. But then Diaz probably, was, I guess, just thrown off by that and couldn't, didn't go for the header as a result. And then it falls remember. to Fabinho, who couldn't get a shot somehow. Oh, it was an insane block, though, from Rodri. Re- just yeah. coming out of nowhere, just absolutely flying in there with everything on the line to save the game. Yeah. Heroic moment to save the point for City. Mm-hmm. Where did so. each team stand after this one? I would say, you know, City coming out four points out of Liverpool-Chelsea matchups. You take that, I guess, especially since they're both away. As far as Liverpool go, the draw with Chelsea, they look the worst team. I think that's fair to say. Um, the draw with City, I would say it was about even. Maybe at times they looked a little worse, at times a little better. But, you know, both of those were at home. So if you're Liverpool, you would have liked to take one of those. Yeah. But uh, I don't know. I guess it could be worse. You just have to, for sure, if you're Liverpool, make sure you take advantage of your uh upcoming games against the weaker sides mm-hmm. that's really all it's going to come down to yep for them but uh also hope to have alexander arnold back. back it's a huge miss yeah going from alexander arnold to james milner nothing S- against james milner he's just just a legend at that point own, right? in his career where he is not up for the top games so this wraps up the week but first, we have my team of the week. Yes. Are you ready? Yes. In that, Mr. Raya, I thought he had some big saves against West Ham. Some clear-cut chances that he saved. Kept them in it, and once you know it, they got the win. Dave, Chalaba, I didn't feel great about putting Yorente because Watford had zero chances, <laughs> but he scored the game winner, so I guess true. I have to put him. True, true. Cucurella. And then I'll let you decide for this one spot. We could do a fan vote, but since that would be too much, we'll have you do it. Townsend or Ducore for the midfield spot? Who had a better game? I'd say Ducore. That's what I had, yeah. but since Townsend scored and he had some... He did. He actually had a pretty decent game, like tracking back and mm-hmm. putting pressure on United, but I would say Ducore as well. Yeah, he, his runs he really put in a shift, and that assist nuts. was nuts. Uh, Bernardo Silva, and then I went Hoiberg, and then up front we went with Two Wolves players, Jimenez and Chan, with Mo Salah. Yeah. So. I like it. Well, that'll wrap this up. We got international break this week. We'll still be coming with a pod, kind of, you know, recapping what occurred the last few weeks, a little general sense, what each team's got to be feeling right now, some talking points regarding how, you know, we're looking at the league, and then previewing the match week eight games, which will be coming up the following week. This has been this the has been Premiership Perusal This podcast. has been a presentation by the, by the Premiership Perusal Podcast. Any rights and descriptions you <laughs> may not be rebroadcasted with without express written consent 
from the Premiership Perusal Podcast. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs>